Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is April 14th, 2020. It is Great Tuesday, Holy Tuesday for me. So all of you out there that are Orthodox Christians, may we stand against evil, which is the message of uh, the day, uh, all-encompassing. And, you know, the thing that... um, we should understand is that there are things that go on that, uh, you know, you have to package, you have to engage people with what they expect. It is what people are able to discern and it confirms their projections, their reality. It settles them into predictable patterns of response. Um, It occupies their minds while you wait for that special moment, that moment in which they can't anticipate. And that is actually a quote from Sun Tzu. And this is exactly what you're experiencing right now. Uh, those of you that are not able to fathom uh, the, 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 the span of what is really going on, it's not something, you know, to... Mm, You know, you never send a human being to do a machine's job, right? Um, And that is the left's motto. And by machine, you can take that as you wish. Uh, But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we can only take the truth and what the truth tells us. And as I've said, the truth that we need to adhere to is what is being told to us by the man who is doing the most, not just for us, but for the world. Uh, you know, the president of the United States just tweeted out earlier, my administration is committed to protecting the homeland from the scourge of narco terrorists and traffickers seeking to destabilize the United States and our hemisphere. Our military deployments in the Caribbean and Eastern Pacific will endure until these threats are neutralized. Now, the drug uh, trafficking has been going on for a long, long time. So you just have to think maybe it's just packaged in a reality that you can um, understand and uh, conceive because it, it seems crazy, right? It's been what, four months now into 2020 and it's been the wildest ride. I mean, what will May have in store? for us, right? May will probably be more insane. And how do we see this? By what is going on in the news. Uh, President Trump said that he has the power to reopen the economy. And here's Fox News debating that. Decision for the President of the United States. Now, with that being said, we're going to work with the states because it's very important. You have a couple of bands of uh, of uh, Democrat governors, but they will agree to it. They will agree to it. But uh, the authority of the president of the United States having to do with the subject we're talking about is total. A constitutional clash now seems to be in the works. President Trump right there insisting he has total authority to reopen the country. Some of the nation's governors going their own way, arguing the decision is really up to them. John Bussey is associate editor of The Wall Street Journal and a Fox News contributor. John, uh, good morning. The president says he has total authority. Does he? Well, not really. Uh, The states have police powers and the health and safety and well-being of their citizens fall under those powers granted to the states by the Constitution. So the states put these orders in place. They created the lockdowns. They will be the ones that lift them. I think at the end of the day, though, Ed, this is probably an academic argument, an academic dispute. 
Look at what they're doing. So the president has no power whatsoever. What are you talking about? It's the state. He's a genius. Because if any of you read the article uh, that I put out, I was like, you know, his decision is to not make one and delegate it. Because what we need to do is let California keep the lockdown. Let New York keep the lockdown. You know, you need federal aid for what, Andrew? I built you hospitals. I gave you ventilators. You know, you got to show me the number. I got to see that these people are really dying from COVID-19. And I got to see how many people are dying of COVID-19 after you've, you know, mandatory tested them. And I'm going to watch you because... Because the U.S. Constitution does not have a footnote, and I've been saying this for how long? There's no footnote that says that in the case of a pandemic, that, uh, you know, this does not apply. This is how you win. This is how you get every single New Yorker to vote for President Trump. This is how you get every single California resident to vote for Donald Trump. How? By making them beg him to save them. Because then they will realize just how important their vote is and they will not take it lightly anymore. They will not want to be in the same position anymore. And the president made it clear. Cuomo has been calling daily, even hourly, begging for everything, most of which should have been the state's responsibility, such as new hospitals, beds, ventilators, etc. I got it all done for him and everyone else. And now he seems to want independence. That won't happen. Hmm. So what is going on here? Power struggle much? And, you know, there's a lot of people putting out that the president is not in charge because FEMA, etc. Well, you know, I'm I'm going to tell you guys something that I said um, on the 11th of January, uh, 2001. And, and nobody, <laughs> I was a kid then, uh, but it was the best way uh, to use my art and use my words. And one person asked me a question and, you know, the response that I said is, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole evidence question and, you know, how do you respond to that? Do you just go on to a total, you know, say it, show and tell, are, are we in school? I mean, this is how, uh, you diffuse those kind of situations. I don't. You know, I don't sit there and like to say, oh, here's my show and tell. Look, I'm just putting in from, uh, the truth out there. It's, it's up to you if you want it. And that is how it is. Because what I specifically said is, <laughs> I don't need to prove anything. Mm. Uh, you need to discern. Kind of like the president doesn't have to prove to you that he is doing something. All you have to do is pay attention to the details and what he's doing, right? That's how you move forward. That's how you get things. I mean, a photograph, what's that going to prove? Even if there was one, what would it prove? Think. Nothing. It would just ask you for more. Uh, yesterday, someone was like, well, uh, how about, you know, what do you know about FEMA? So, you know, I pulled out this one photo, commemorative photo, right? Um, that I had put on my Facebook page for myself to remember. And I titled it, you know, changing the world. And <laughs> you to be like, how at the, uh, international FEMA conference? Well, you know, 
I'm only human as well. Well, per se. And so I believe that, you know, all of us require some form of approval or um, acceptance. All of us do. Because we're, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we all like that pat on the back. So some of us just pat ourselves on their back on their own sometimes. So, you know, I don't have to put out anything and I would never do it. Um, you would have to come and refute me. Because here's something that I told you on January 1st. And I'm going to play it for you. And I want you to think, well, have you listened to my previous shows to see how I've told you everything I've said? I had someone ask me, well, why now? Why are you talking about Brennan now? And I was like, uh, obviously you're not a listener because I've been telling everyone everything with, let me tell you a story. And also... This is from January 1st. This is from January 1st, 2019. People that acknowledged his sacrifice to be told he's not doing it fast enough. So this New Year's Day, I urge everyone to remember that change does not happen overnight. Because when foundations have been laid for over a hundred years, with a two-decade plan of a rollout... You have to think, this can't happen overnight. We just can't. This new year, we should be very grateful that we still have a a man in office willing and proud to have sacrificed all these things for us. And acknowledge that change cannot happen overnight. And the past two years were simply, simply the prelude and the preparation for change. Like I said yesterday on my show, we're going to see a lot of resignations. And yesterday, the last day of 2018, we saw two very important resignations. Two groups, I guess, because two locations... So we had the spokesperson for the Pentagon resign. And we also had the spokespeople for the Vatican resign. And one of them that was there used to be a Fox News correspondent. And they were fired or resigned pretty quickly. It's funny how they became spokespeople. And shortly after, all this is coming out of what's going on in the Catholic churches. Who knows? Maybe they were fired for trying to save children. Who knows? Nobody knows. All we do know is that we're seeing a lot of resignations and a lot of changes throughout the world. 2019 is going to be that year where we see the change. Where we will see things so incredible that all of us that have been waiting for years, decades, or just months to see something happen 
actually see it happen and still can't believe it's happening. Because when people realize just how big this war is, so big you can't fathom it. And I thought today being the new year, we could touch upon that because for some reason we believe that Russia is the enemy. They're not. We believe that North Korea is the enemy. They're not. It's the DC mafia who believe and the globalists who believe that they're smarter than those that have for centuries commanded a big portion of land on this planet with ultimate control. That nation that has built the wall that you can see from space. And for those of you that don't know, I had the experience to learn what it's like to try to do business in China during an assignment at one of my positions at work. So I'll stop it there. I mean, most of my stuff are on podcasts. That's from January 1st, 2019, where I told you that the real war is AI and China, which is obviously what the prelude of 2019 was. That's where we were going. This is where COVID-19 is heading. It's all about data, not you dying. It's about data because we are in the age of information. And the only way that you can maintain control of the population is with data, 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 data. And then if you look at January 1st, 2020, that was the year of the boomerang. <laughs> Let there be light. And this is exactly what we're seeing now. And the most of it is going to be shining bright in December. Now, I tell everyone, you know, I'm a time traveler. And, uh, you know, I'm not here to sit here and prove that or anything, right? Whether I'm a time traveler or not, I suppose there's numerous ways that you can view my story. Um, you know, by the way I communicate or how I communicate and the mode that I use. And I actually think it's actually impossible for me to even prove or for you to even disprove. So, you know, I have to just, uh, you know, be safe in the fact that conversation and ideas happen. So if I'm a time traveler, then, uh, you know, well, if I'm not a time traveler, then um, maybe the statements that I'm making are going to help you see time travel in another way. Uh, so I I wanted to just put that there because that's a that's a question. You know, hey, I'm a time traveler, um, but I just put it out there just for you to kind of tickle in the back of your mind as you plow through, since we're all waiting for our Trump bucks, apparently we're getting it tomorrow, right? Um, as you plow through this staycation, this forced staycation, and, uh, you know, I had said that I believe that it, everything's going to open up for Easter and you're going to be like, based or past? Well, not Orthodox Easter. And that's the second Passover. So, you know, um, different things, different times, different calendars, different numbers. Um, I'll leave it at that. So with that, I want you guys to think how incredible is it that our president has been able to do what he's done? 
there are so many people, right, right now, even listening to me, that are extremely frustrated that there are no perp walks, extremely frustrated that there's no justice. And at the end of the day, you're stuck at home. Guys, I'm with you. I'm like, I need that Trump bucks to ensure that I make rent, right? All of you are like that. I need my Trump bucks. I need this. I need that. And I can't go out and work to get it as capitalism works because I'm not allowed. I'm being punished. But you know, some people go their entire lives without hearing news that is good. And that's because we've been trained to not be able to listen between the lines. <laughs> Can you listen between lines? Uh, so that is, that is the issue that we have. We're unable to listen in between the words that are spoken, to read in between the lines because we are so distracted. The president has been telling you everything from day one. He has not hidden anything from you. He has not concealed anything from you. In fact, he's been uh, borderline super transparent. And, you know, I have to commend him how he can calmly and coolly collect himself. This COVID-19 thing, people are screaming, fire Fauci! And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd love to see him be like, you're fired. But no. How is it that you drag an enemy out of the corners and the shadows? Come on, guys. How do you do that? By shining the light. So by parading this coronavirus task force, which includes my ultimate favorite, Pence, Burks, and Fauci, what has happened? We have millions of people around the world looking into them. We have millions of people asking questions. And we have millions of people finding every single reason as to why President Trump shouldn't have them there. And it's like, don't you get it? Just like I said when he created the task force, I said he's genius. And you can search my timeline. He's parading around three stooges as the point of contact for everyone. A point of contact that has been approved by all the lefties that approve all their work, that can't dispute who they are. And you know what comes out of this? Yeah. Defunding all of these programs, putting hardcore hits on what we're investigating, what we're investing, which leads me to Epstein. <laughs> Coronavirus. One of many. But, you know, I, sometimes when I speak to people, you know, I get really, really frustrated uh, with uh, communication sometimes, uh, even with friends. And it's really, really hard, you know, to, um, how can I say, to collect it, to collect myself when I'm speaking with individuals that I interact with mm, on a daily and casually that are actual reporters and people that I admire because I consider them intelligent, right? Where, you know, they're, they're more fixated on the fact that Epstein had a Lolita Express and was raping girls and churning out women than understanding, I guess it's because I see it from a different perspective. Like, you know, why was Epstein's jet at the Air Force Base in Coriopolis? I mean, how does that even happen? Why was his jet treated like a military vehicle on bases around the world? I saw it. That's what triggered my interest. I was like, who is this guy? 
And then everyone's like, oh, he's like a prolific pedo. And yes, he does. <laughs> he gets insurance like this. He has women. He entertains them. He drugs them. He, he waters them. I mean, you know, you can find my Epstein article that had a lot of names and a lot of people on ToriSays.com. Uh, so he had a lot of people around him, loved a lot of girls, indulged in those things. But one thing he had was his disgust for interaction. And you're going to say, well, he was a prolific, you know, dement, like the guy had these, these weird psychological fixations on sex. But he was also one of the biggest germaphobes. He refused to eat at restaurants. He um, wanted everything controlled. He didn't like being around a lot of people. He was the type of person that would be around a lot of people, but for a purpose, not because he chose to. He was a recluse. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Giseline will tell us a lot about it. She was his person, his counterpart. But what was he really doing? think what was he was he was he just flying around and giving people sex i mean you could find a pimp anywhere you go down to san diego go to vegas you can probably pick out a kid from a lineup is that what he was doing no he wasn't because people like him that are pimps don't custom make subs so they can travel around incognito with hawkins people like him you know don't have such outlandish architecture on an island that is begging to be put on blast. He promised them something. He promised Harvard something. I mean, he founded a whole division, financially founded a whole division at Harvard that investigates the evolution of viruses, the evolution of human beings, the blah, 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 blah. (laughs) So what was he really doing, you guys? He wasn't just, the sex is nothing. What was he doing? Obviously making money. He helped, you know, usher this whole Enron. He was eyeballs deep into energy. I mean, his links to companies in Oklahoma, Texas, and North Dakota are ridiculous. And it's always a couple of degrees removed, right? It's from that fund to that fund to that fund. So it's not really Epstein, or is it? So... What was he doing? He dabbled in a lot of money. He dabbled in energy, right? So does, do pedophiles usually just do that? Do they just, you know, steal all this money and just what have they been doing? <laughs> so I'm going to talk about one of the two things. And one thing I can tell you is thank God for Space Force. And I'm going to leave it there. And number two is experimentation. This is why they trafficked the majority of the humans that they did. Experimentation. Yes, you can have fun. Yes, you can eat, right? But nope, it was all about ex- He promised youth. And um, I saw Mike Cernovich tweet out how, oh, look, Microsoft took down the video because it had thousands of dislikes because of Marina Abramovich. Well, it's actually because there's some other stuff going on with Bill Gates and nobody wants to talk about. I mean, he did step down from his foundations and, you know, <laughs> his businesses. So you got to think. So think of Marina Abramovich. Guys, this chick is 75 years old. 75. Fauci's 80. They all don't look their age, do they? You just have to wonder. And all of them are really good friends with Epstein. Well, were, were, were. 
And what do we see now with those friends of Epstein? How do they look now? Think of the experimentation and where they were going. There were multiple types, multiple, I can tell you. So there's the uh, AI aspect of upgrading human beings. And that's something that the U.S. government started, supposedly thought they failed, and was taken on with private money and private research, uh, you know, joining in all the great minds. So think about that. We have private research with private money investigating things, things that have to do with human beings, the manipulation of human beings. It's all about the experiments, the atrocious things that they do to these people, the atrocious experiments, kind of like that guy that went to court for smacking that kid on campus, Greenwald, right? Sealed case. You want to know why it's sealed? I mean, I wrote an article about it. But see, that's the thing. You never put the spotlight on the truth. You never talk about the truth because the truth is way stranger than fiction. So after this break, we're going to pick up a little bit on Epstein and his relationship to the Wuhan flu. Okay. Because there's a tight relationship on that one. Just so you know. Forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know I cannot understand that last one either. 
When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So uh, where we left it is to discuss the connections between Epstein and this Wuhan, because a lot of people might even infer that maybe President Trump is so many steps ahead because, I don't know, time travel or something, but it could also be. <laughs> we haven't unsealed Epstein yet, so nobody knows what we got, Right. So everyone's finding all these links that we have been funding the very virus that is killing everyone. And there is always a little bit of truth in every single bit of lie that is out there. China put out a lie, right? The U.S. Army set this flu off. Well, I mean, they did use government money. I mean, they did use Harvard money. I mean, they did use Hillary Clinton money. I mean, they did use union money. I mean, they did use your money and my money. You get what I mean? And so I'm really glad, you know, we've been saying this for a couple of weeks. Aren't you glad that we've got a captain like him in the chair? Funny how he tweets out. Mm, I've seen mutiny on the bounty. Totally love that film, especially when, you know, there's a mutiny and you need the captain because we've got the guy, the best captain right now, steering the ship, steering this ship. And, you know, God bless him for being able to put up with this. Putting himself out there and fighting for all of us. All the while, all of them are screeching. You know, every time I see a tweet or I hear Pelosi or Schumer speak, I kid you not, all I hear is like a demon shrieking from the bowels of hell. They are grasping on to anything right now. They cannot stop what's coming. Because if I'm one, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, the NDA, 20 years, I needed to be safe. Because it said from so many years of not doing any work for us. And, you know, that's a that's a catch 22 for me because I do a lot of contracting work. And if it is determined that the person that, you know, put that work for me actually was funneled through TAC, I could be held liable. So I could talk about anything now. And the reason that I was waiting for this is I can't talk about Global Security Group if I can't talk about TAC. I can only give you drops. So then we can get into how Epstein works into this too, into the intelligence community, how Mueller knew, how they all knew, how he was a CIA asset, not an FBI asset, CIA asset to the highest level, beyond highest level.
And this guy had a past like no other. Like no other. I mean, there is no such thing as a double agent, zero pass. In the United States, the rule of law comes first. First, right? The rule of law is first. You must abide by the law. No matter who you are, you abide by the law and remain within those boundaries. You don't have a clean pass. But there are people to the law that don't abide by this law. It is for you, the peasant, right? It is for you, the humans that are the plague on this earth, that those people listen to them when they tell you it. They tell you it. They don't hide. (laughs) They tell you it. You're a plague, You're nothing to them. They treat you like nothing. And yet you sit there and put them on the pedestal. And this is where the year of the boomerang comes back, right? This is where they get hit in the face with a big blast of light. What we're seeing right now with this COVID-19, even though we really want to unseal Epstein, boy, is that going to be interesting. What we need to do is focus on hard facts and leads. So allow this COVID-19 to do its job. And allow us to go there, to go there, to show experimentations, to show funding. Would you be pissed to know that John Brennan probably has lawyers you're paying for? Would that anger you? I mean, it should anger you that this flu and every single flu before that has been created with your dollars. That should piss you off too. You should be so upset. The fact that your DNA has been altered with every single vaccine, the fact that they have forced you into a position of poverty, making private education that you can pay for extremely expensive so that you rely on the public government, right, to be offering these institutions of education that are really training camps, uh, what the Chinese like to call re-education camps. So they're re-educating them every time you send them there every day. So whatever values you give them at home, they only get a little bit of it. So when they go to school, that they fix it themselves. They forced you to do that. And then in order to allow your children to go to these public institutions, you must violate the personal rights of your citizens to be forced to take in certain vaccines so that your kids can go there. Oh, and there's a law that says, well, if the vaccine causes you harm, you can't sue the government, even though we're forcing you to do it. That should tell you everything you need to know. So when I saw that the president of the United States, and you know, a lot of people are, you're just a Trumper. (laughs) No, I'm a person that loves my country. And when I took my oath and I was moved beyond anything, Though young, though impressionable, and though I have been boxed in constantly like a ping pong only because of the way that I was re-educated, I can tell you that I am more than fine to criticize. Now, I saw this, uh, you know, executive order that he signed about vaccines. Did you guys see it? It was just a couple days ago. And so when, when, um, you read it, you'll freak out, but you'll see something he's talking about. And he's talking about eggs, chicken eggs, eggs. He's not talking about 
porcine cells. He's not talking about culturing them in fetal cells. He's not talking about bovine cells. He's not talking about, um, you know, insects. He's not talking about plants. He's talking about chicken egg cells, egg cells. So I want you guys to read it and kind of like digest it because I'm going to go through that on Thursday. We're, I'm going to walk you through that and putting my science hat on. You know, no one ever asked, oh my gosh, you've had, you've, you've gone and, and educated yourself in more of an arts type thing, right? Which was languages, law, right? And obviously finance since I'm, I'm series seven licensed, um, never used it. Um, I mean, I guess I had to use it to pass the smell test for my assignments, but you know, I made a shift in my life and nobody asked, well, well, why did you get into it? Well, I use the excuse. My dad passed away from, you know, cancer. My, my brother died, you know, but the real motivation is even though I said, I'm done GSG, I'm no longer working for you GSG. I'm going to be a normal person. I, I well, So I thought, you know, they were real smart with me. Another story for another time white picket fence, and I'm going to go back to school. And I did. I went in there and I pounded as hard as I could. And the most of the time I was just using it, one, to gain knowledge, and two, to gain access to laboratories. I mean, how else do you follow everything, right? I mean, I had the pleasure of, the, you know, uh, going to the laboratory of the person that actually decoded. He was part of the Human Genome Project, another dropout, high school dropout that became someone uh, you know, undefined by those boxes that they put us in. So you follow all these labs. And I can tell you that a lot of them are also, uh, we're on the Epstein payroll, so, which is so insane. You guys like this guy is popping up everywhere because he was, he was the, I would say the emperor of research. I want to say that he was the king of research. Yeah. Okay. He had the harems, right? And that, that, that's not something to just dismiss at. Because you'd have to think, damn, okay, he was a pimp. I mean, okay, that's all he did? No. No. A pimp doesn't get a red carpet entry, you know, in Basra. A pimp doesn't land in Kuwait and have people fan him. A pimp doesn't fly into Air Force bases and, you know, get treated like an official. That's not what pimps do. I don't care how pimpy you are. I don't care if you've got fish tanks on your shoes. You're not that big of a pimp. His job was experimentations. Unsealing Epstein, right? What we've seen is the tip of the sphere. The, that's it. That sphere is so sharp <laughs> that if you actually tipped onto it, it would cut you a million times faster than you can even think it could just even just the hairline close his, you know, pedo rings, his, you know, modeling agencies, those were recruiting fronts, you know, and those that didn't pass the test of being genetically perfect for it. He used for entertainment or sustenance and sold them out. And, you know, he manipulated, Hollywood, just as well as he manipulated all of these intelligent, supposedly people, all of these prime ministers, the kings, the queens, the princes, the presidents, the secretaries of state, you name it, he's done it. So 
when you think of Epstein, you have to think, was a pimp just killed in prison? I mean, he didn't kill himself. It's kind of weird. Like, even if you kind of try to draw out how he killed himself, it's really bizarre. But think, would they go to that extent just to hide what they did to children in regards to sex and trafficking? Do you think they would go to that extent? Think about it re- reasonably. Because don't, don't take my word for it. Take yours. You have that knowledge inside. So think, how does it, how does it sound to you? Oh yeah, they totally hung him because he had a lot of pedo stuff, videos and da 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 about, um, everywhere on anyone. And you know, what happened to Gillum? I mean, we know what he was doing there. Methamphetamine, adrenaline, boom, you know, the bootleg version, blood, feces everywhere, passed out on the floor. Oh, it's not his drugs because they were on the floor. Just like Schiff, it's not my dead body because it was on the floor. Let's be real. Okay. It's not about the sex, drugs, rock and roll, raping children. It's not. That's not it. It's bigger. And it's so big that you would probably need like 20, 20 hundred volumes <laughs> at once to be able to come to that um, peace with yourself to, to accept it. Because how do you change someone's reality? Like, what if I just, you know, out of the blue told you, you know, kind of, do you remember the movie Matrix where, you know, this person's in a pod and they're like laying there and they're, and in, as they're connected to the Matrix, right? They're like working and dating and all excited that they're texting a boy or whatever, right? They're living their lives. And then they suddenly wake up and they're in this pod floating in the middle of nowhere with all these machines. And they're just like, what the, I want to go back to bed, Right. The first thing you'll do is like, connect me. I want to sleep. I don't want to know because I'm in that position in my sphere from a trauma that I've experienced. And you know, I, I I like to think, okay, I know that I'm good at certain things. My first language was math. Okay. I was so good at, I'm still so good at pattern recognition and math. Ridiculously good. That was my superpower from young age. Superpower. Like there was a, you know, you know, those memes that go around with Julia Roberts who sees triangles and geometry when she's confused. That's me on a day-to-day basis. When I'm contemplating an issue, I'll see multiple outcomes of multiple timelines at once. And then I'll make my, you know, my, um, uh, and I'll decide, uh, which one, which decision I'm going to make based on that. What is a fixed point across 80% of the outcomes that can happen? That, that's my superpower. Okay. My superpower. Simple. Just a little superpower. So <laughs> I'm getting really, really distracted. Uh, but here's where we're going to um, see how things are going to come out. I, I, I want to I like shift gears just a little bit. I want you for the one thing today, if anything, put it in the back of your mind and process. Do you really believe that the only thing they are trying to cover up is pedophilia and sex and sexcapades? And let's take it to another step. Do you really think that they're only trying to cover up pedophilia, cannibalism, sexcapades, and, you know, having house slaves rub their feet? Do you really think that that's it? Because we've seen it. We know. 
You want to talk murder? We could talk Diane Feinstein. I could tell you a lot about that. Actually, I've talked about it already. But, you know, maybe if I put it in a nice, neat report, I can tell you what I've seen from TAC. What they got on her. Right? Or GSG. Huh. Insurance. Oh, there was a folder on the computer called insurance. <laughs> you know, they've got insurance on everyone. And that is what I want to talk about in the next hour. Like in this age of information and with this new America that will be emerging on the other end, how do we ensure that we do not require insurance to keep people because all of them have insurance. John Brennan had me get that information way before they said there was a hack way before. And I'm thinking, what they're explaining and the computer they're saying and how it was done and who stole the records is rubbish. So think about it. These people that were suicided later, what was really the reason? Because it wasn't the hack. Every single time you hear Sony Pictures was hacked. Was it though? Was it though? Who was getting insurance on who? Oh, you know. Health and Human Services, now with this coronavirus, was had a DDoS attack. Was it, though? Was it, though? Oh, this agency had an... Oh, Aquifax had an attack. You mean what? No. That's called access. And it's beneficial to say it's a hack. Oh, my gosh, we didn't know. How are we going to do this? We didn't mean it. They just stole it. I'm so sorry. You know, sorry, Oprah, that there's a file on you now somewhere in the Department of Justice that investigated all this. Of course, it should be there, right? Where we have all that information and... Polanski and Streep and Generous and Hanks, how we have all this information. I'm sorry that we have all this information. It kind of leaked. Leaked to who? Nobody. They leaked their own stuff just to create smoke and mirrors when they're about to take people out, when they're about to flush out their own moles. I did that. I did that. I, I even said, what the, this, uh, did it, hadn't I done that? It's like, uh, know your place, girlfriend. <laughs> uh, why w- do you have a problem? <laughs> Actually, it wasn't the know your place <laughs> statement, but it was in a way it was, do you have a problem with authority? I'm like, nah, man. But it's like, why are these people? I mean, you're going after Stanley Inc. I mean, it does just doesn't make sense. I'm just, I'm just saying, well, you're out. I mean, you're not working for GSG anymore. So what do you care? Uh, but, but it's just wrong. I mean, I was the one that did it. You gave me, you told me to put it there. And, and then I thought, isn't it great that I made another backup that might, by the way, you know, find itself somewhere in the department of justice or maybe in that federal building somewhere, it is already, you know, somewhere where some really good person, you know, may have access to because the rule number one is you never hold on to anything. You never hold on to any evidence. Uh, you know, that's what terrifies me. I do. I never want to be found with anything in my hand because they can frame it and shape it any way they want. They could, they could take a pencil, place the wrong way, and oh, it's this, and it's like, oh, man. 
This is not my first rodeo. I know what you're doing. So on that note, on that note, Brendan is in a lot of trouble and I already knew about that. I mean, I've been saying that too, right guys? But Brendan isn't the super target, okay? Brendan works for them, for others. And the fact that we're seeing that all of this is happening, all of this is coming down, the subpoenas have been issued. Well, three of, well, no, they say three. I, I, I believe that there's seven of them that have gone out. One of them is in the state of Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all of this is going down right now. And now we have Obama on video, which could be a deep fake, not really Obama. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that all the techies out there will be analyzing that video uh, with highest of scrutiny because uh, you've seen the deep fake Obama video already, right? How can you tell the difference? So this is where you need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to what they're doing because they're still auditioning. So the fact that Barack Hussein Obama is going toward and gravitating supposedly to um, endorse Biden is, is, is a curveball right there because is it really the left doing that or is it how we, you know what, I'm going to leave it there. I'm just going to. Busy laughing at my own thoughts right now because uh, I just thought, well, that's an alternative. There's just some quick math that happened. Uh, but that's pretty interesting to think that um, he may be endorsing him, but not him. So, um, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to leave that thought right there and I'm going to just um, play that really awesome clip from Fauci just to hear him apologize. It sounds really, really good. So um, let's take a listen to it. Mitigation strongly. The response was, yes, we'll do it. And what did he do? Is that the travel restrictions? No, uh, the travel restriction is separate. That was whether or not we wanted to go into a mitigation stage of 15 days of mitigation. The travel was another recommendation when we went in and said, we probably should be doing that. And the answer was yes. And then another time was we should do it with Europe. And the answer was yes. And the next time we should do it with the UK. And the answer was yes. In this interview, you said there was pushback. Yeah. Where did that pushback come no, from? No, it wasn't. And that was the wrong choice of words. You know what it was when people discuss, not necessarily in front of the president, when people discuss, they say, well, you know, this is going to have maybe a harmful effect on this or on that. So it was a poor choice of words. There wasn't anybody saying, no, you shouldn't do that. Are you doing this voluntarily or did no, the president... No, I'm doing it. I, everything I do is voluntarily. Please, don't even imply that. Oh, everything he does is voluntarily. Hands are up. Surrender. That doesn't tell you anything. You know, hands are up. Surrender. So he had his hands up. I've surrendered. And I told you that Burke surrendered when she wore her scarf over her shoulder. That's a very ancient, you know, royal uh, cue that they would give to each other when they were in distress or they were, uh, you know, in the hands of uh, the opposition. So uh, there you go. Uh, you know, Fauci has surrendered. And, you know, in the end, what we're going to get is a lot more money. Do you know why? Because we're not going to be funding any more of this garbage. 
They're not going to be able to have these black holes of money. I mean, I have articles. If you go to Tory Says and just type in Brennan, you'll see a lot of stuff that I've dropped about him. And sometimes randomly. I mean, I've I've frustrated a number of editors, even in my pen name, when I send them articles. They're like, but this doesn't make sense. Just leave that in there. I need it. Or how I push an article and I said, just put in there. I, I They deleted the, the General Flynn had manufactured 302s that I published, you know, over two years ago. And, and they were like, well, you can't put that in there. You don't know that. And I was like, I do. Well, give me a source. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not giving you a source. The source is me. How's that? Is that satisfying? And they were like, no. And I was like, all right, then I'll just put it on my page. Right? Because yes, source, but you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? So, you know, when people say, show me, show me, it's like, all right, well, I've got two and a half years of podcast. Care to take a look? Because the only thing, you know, you can knock me on is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But I mean, I can't convince you that, you know, the technology that I'm going to tell you about actually exists now. So I'm just going to leave it right there. Or how the technology that you will see, even if you see it, you won't believe it. (laughs) You won't believe it. The technology we have is beyond any imagination, like what you can fathom. I mean, you know, imagine us... um, being in the 1900s or 1800s where electricity, like what? Imagine in the 1800s, you show up with a cell phone. You're like, look, you know, I, I can do this and make fun. They'll call you crazy. Like I've already, I've always said, uh, and, and play this game with your family now that you're like trapped, right? Um, we played this game. What would you do if you, what would you take with you if you could travel back in time? And I've always said, take a solar battery with a phone, a camera phone, like a smartphone, uh, even though there's no connection, because I would go back in time to like the ancient Egyptian times and take pictures of people and tell them now I own your soul. How are they going to say no? (laughs) They'd believe it because they can't believe that they're seeing themselves on this little square. So imagine the technology that could be revealed to you. You won't even believe. It'll be like, it'll terrify you just like it would terrify someone from back in the ancient times. If I took a picture of them, they'd say, oh my gosh, you're a witch. You've captured my soul. So uh, right after this, we're going to talk about the vision of what new America should be like. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, um, what is going down, what's coming down the pipeline, what's happening and just how awesome it is to, to win. I'll see you all in a bit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori, always here 12 to 2 Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. So before we get to the Gestapo message, I mean, I'm going to translate this message for you from Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, I just want to tell you, we're going to touch upon... um, the hiring decisions and how we go forward, the new face of America that is to come. We're going to talk about the elections and the Democrats, and then we're going to go on to say 
let's talk about technology. There's a, a listener, a new listener that was like, well, you haven't talked about technology. And because he's new, I may uh, go back to it. Um, and we can talk about quantum computing again. Um, and we can talk about, uh, you know, maybe I'll just tell another little story, uh, which is always better to convey the message. You know, this is why Anderson tales were so effective, uh, because people, uh, like to have it, um, where they can take what they can from it because it's kind of like, um, you know, when you read a book the first time you read it and you take away a message, but when you read it the second time, uh, you're more ready to digest more. So you take more from it. You know, how many times have you seen a movie and said, wow, I've seen that before, but I never noticed that. And, and that's because it's our reality, the reality that we build, the reality that we have around us and the reality of what we can see and what we can understand. So, um, that is how, um, you know, we can digest things because we're only, we're a computer in essence, a biological computer. And, uh, when you decide to put in information that cannot be processed, uh, you panic. It's kind of like when you hear shocking news, you know, and uh, rightly said uh, by this new listener, you know, we've talked about cannibalism. We've talked about pedos. We've talked about these insane rings and how they've been running us. We've talked about the swamp. Everybody talks about it right now. It's like second nature. You're like, yeah, totally corrupt. And it's like, so what are you doing about it? But we haven't talked about the technology that they use in order to be able to do these things. I mean, some of it is coming forward, but even the president told you, wow, we've got some technology you wouldn't even think. But before we do that, there's a couple of clips I want to play. First of all, I want you guys to hear the Gestapo message. <laughs> so this is how Barack Hussein Obama <laughs> decided to come out. Democrats, Democrats may not always agree on every detail of the best way to bring about each and every one of these changes. But we do agree that they're needed. And that only happens if we win this election. Because one thing everybody has learned by now is that the Republicans occupying the White House and running the U.S. Senate are not interested in progress. They're interested in power. They've shown themselves willing to kick millions off their health insurance and eliminate pre-existing condition protections for millions more, even in the middle of this public health crisis, even as they're willing to spend a trillion dollars on tax cuts for the wealthy. They've given polluters unlimited power to poison our air and our water and denied the science of climate change, just as they denied the science of pandemics. Repeatedly, they've disregarded American principles of rule of law and voting rights and transparency. Basic norms that previous administrations observed regardless of party. Principles that are the bedrock of our democracy. So our country's future hangs on this election and it won't be easy. The other side has a massive war chest. The other side has a propaganda network with little regard for the truth. On the other hand, pandemics have a way of cutting through a lot of noise and spin to remind us of what is real and what is important 
This crisis has reminded us that government matters. It's reminded us that good government matters, that facts and science matter, that the rule of law matters, that having leaders who are informed and honest and seek to bring people together rather than drive them apart, those kind of leaders matter. In other words, elections matter. Okay, so that's really weird. Here's another one. Here's another piece. And the character and the experience to guide us through one of our darkest times and heal us through a long recovery. And I know he'll surround himself with good people. Experts, scientists, military officials who actually know how to run the government and care about doing a good job running the government and know how to work with our allies and who will always put the American people's interests above their own. Right now, we need Americans of goodwill to unite in a great awakening against a politics that too often has been characterized by corruption, carelessness, self-dealing, disinformation, ignorance, and just plain meanness. And to change that, we need Americans of all political stripes to get involved in our politics and our public life like never before. For those of us who believe in building a more just, more generous, more democratic America, where everybody has a fair shot at opportunity, for those of us who believe in a government that cares about the many and not just the few, for those of us who love this country and are willing to do our part to make sure it lives up to its highest ideals, Now's the time to fight for what we believe in. So join us. Join Joe. Go to JoeBiden.com right now. Make a plan. I hope you guys didn't crash your car listening to me on the radio, didn't chuck your Alexa to the wall or your Google Home device or your phone. Now let's break this down. So first of all, what I'm going to tell you, as someone that it, that does not have very good hearing ranges due to injuries or whatever, the one thing I'm very good at now, uh, thanks to modern medicine, is discern simple sounds. Did you guys hear the obstructive wheezing as well? Okay. Clue number one of this video. I'm going to leave that hanging there until further analysis can be done. Now let's talk about his words. So he said, uh, you know, we need to, um, uh, you know, we need to understand that the Democrats are confused, right? That their message is a little bit skewed and it's confused, but that's okay, right? Because, you know, we, we are looking for progress. What is progress in their eyes? Think progress. How do they define it? Definitions are key here. How do you define <laughs> progress, right? Um, he also said that we want to eliminate, uh, you know, President Trump would like to eliminate and the Republicans are eliminating pre-existing, um, you know, conditions. That's a flat out lie. That is a lie, lie, lie. He's pushing climate change. Who is the plague on this planet? 
What did I tell you their motto is? Who is the problem? Who is the plague? What is it at the very core? It's human beings are the plague. Okay? So remember that when they're saying, uh, denying voting and transparency. Hold on. We want people to vote, but they have to have ID. I mean, you're so quick to want to get these digital e-certificates verifying that you have my DNA, that you've analyzed my DNA and have decided that I'm immune to most of the rubbish that you're going to throw at me. So I get a certificate for it or I'm not immune. So I should just go to a gulag and die now rather than mooch off the system. So Yes to e-digital certificate identification that you're immune ID, but no to voting. Ah, that's not how it works. Then he goes on to talk about transparency. Says the guy who, in the words of Chris Silza, before they had some bl- <laughs> some insurance on him, his last piece was that Barack Hussein Obama, five minutes into his presidency after he swore in, signed his first executive order. What did that executive order do? It put concrete boots on transparency and he has the cheek to speak about transparency i mean you're not even telling anyone who you really are what you are (laughs) it's so interesting so he talked about propaganda propaganda what do you mean like mockingbird like what you slipped into the ndaa making you know domestic propaganda legal is that what you're talking about because you're the one that did that no one else you're the one that brainwashed people no one else And then he goes on to say that this pandemic was necessary. Did you hear the word necessary? We did this so that we can force you to see what's important. It was necessary because this is how you see how you need the government, how it matters to have a government. Then he, you know, I played the clip where he's talking about Biden. Who's going to heal the, Biden doesn't even know what his name is right now. He's going to be surrounded by good people. Why? The president doesn't have access to the military. Doesn't he have your specialist, the one that you funded, the one that you appointed, Hussein, for this whole epidemic stuff? Aren't they the ones flanking him? Are you saying they're idiots? Because you paid for them. You appointed them. You gave them money. You are actually giving them so much money. We still can't account for it. (laughs) Black money. So where'd that go? In the black hole of... I don't know, money, just printed it out and gave it to them. So aren't those specialists surrounding President Trump? Doesn't he have the best military surrounding him right now? Who are the other specialists that we don't know about? If you know something we don't know, show us. Oh, are you talking about the Royal Guards? Are you talking about your European counterparts? Is that what he's talking about? You see, these people are so desperate right now that he's willing to come out when he's got everything on the line, everything on the line, because he will be impeached. I said this years ago, he will be impeached retroactively. Mark my words. That is going to be how it goes. He will be impeached. End. That is the way it is. End. Oh, I just got a message that someone uh, who has, uh, you know, um, ha- someone got their check, uh, their Trump bucks. So I guess we should all start checking our accounts to see if we got Trump bucks. I just thought I just saw that message. I needed to send it. Somebody got their Trump bucks. So start checking. Um, so this is what the Democrats do. They are conditioning you to believe that you are the plague on the system. 
right? Which is this biosystem, this planet, right? You are the plague. This is how they think. Humans are the plague. Humans are the problem. You have to be apologizing for simply existing. And you know, think, what is a quality of a good leader? Quality of a good leader is that you treat them as if they're your own children. Now, those of you that are listening to me have obviously lived through, because you're listening and comprehending, right? You've lived through a Obama presidency and a Trump presidency. Which one of them make you feel like you're one of their children, that they hurt for you, that they really hurt for you? Be honest. That's all you have to do is be honest with yourself and be objective into answering that. So, you know, we see that their attacks have not slowed down. They have increased. We see that they have stepped up their game. You know, he endorsed Biden. Uh, It's not really an endorsement. It's a push, really, right? A nudge. Hey, what's up? Um, Could it be because he wants to slot in his, you know, his man? (laughs) I don't know. Regardless, whatever their plan is, they're going to fail. Because... The one thing that I've explained in regards to technology, let's go to that because this, this ties in, is I've explained the concept of reality hackers, how they usher us and pen us into one direction of a reality, meaning they tell you what you are able to see, hear, do, say, eat, look, buy, do, right? Where your limits are. Like if you raised a child and said, you know, if I throw you off that tree, you can fly. I'm not saying to do this. I am not endorsing this at all whatsoever because collective reality applies. But let's change, let's change the example. I'm going to change it. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll give the example. Both of my children are exceptional swimmers. And that's because uh, I did what my grandfather did, what I've seen my grandfather do to my other cousins, I did to my children. And what I did was I took my child and threw it in the, in the sea, literally as a baby. I just put it in, put it in there. And I remember, you know, my friend and, you know, family members that were with me uh, were like, are you nuts? And I was like, wait, wait, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. It took a while, but that's it. Now my kids, you could drop them in the middle of the ocean and they'll be fine. Uh, Because we have to know that uh, there are certain things that are in our DNA that have been (laughs) assumed to be junk DNA. All your memories, all the information that is uh, that you write onto your hard drive, which is your, your DNA, that is your hard drive, is uh, there forever. You unzip it as you need. There is an automated, you know, pull kind of like how your computer works. You know, it does its whole diagnostics thing in the background. It knows to run the fan so it doesn't burn out. It knows to use the RAM. It knows when to dump. It knows when to suggest. It knows when to do a whole sort of stuff. Uh, put power to your monitor. I'm just saying just random things, right? That's the way your DNA is. Your DNA every single second isn't, well, no, it is. (laughs) Every single second, it's coding for multiple proteins. It's busy unzipping your DNA to make that new cell receptor because it's old and we need to change it. Or it needs to put out, uh, you know, it needs to create a gap junction in order for, you know, chlorine to go through so there can be communication with the other one. It needs to, um, you know, 
uh, autolysis. You know, the, the, it needs to go through a stage of apoptosis because it found a defect in itself when it was doing the the read check. You know, where it purges the file and then it comes up and it's like green screen or blue screen. You know, death screens. Right? Uh, it does that. But in there is also the information. Every step you take, every uh, book you read, uh, every person you've met, everything uh, you know you've encountered, every smell, every anything. And the reason sometimes smells are so triggering to us, right, in memories, is because here, here, this is this is how I am pointing to it. Now, research has been attempted to be done, but epigenetics is not well understood. I mean. You can't because even though you knock out genes, they, they still seem to manifest in other ways. But um, your olfactories are the only actual exposed brain that you have, and they're located at the at the at the top of your uh, of of your palate of your hard palate of your mouth. They're at the top there under your nose. That's how you smell, and um, they're olfactory bulbs. And this is why when you um, drink something cold. People say, put your tongue to the roof of your mouth because you get a brain freeze. It's because literally your brain is freezing because that is an extension of your actual brain. That is like a part of the brain there. So, um, scent, for example, for the brain, right, is, uh, more readily connected to memories of like, I smell, I remember apple pie, house, white picket fence, for example, right? And it all just comes like like a vision because it's a more direct access imprint, if that makes sense to you. There was no extra processing when you smelled something. That minute you smelled that apple pie, the whole environment and the moment you were in, the music that was playing, the house, it all went directly to the brain. I'm trying to um, explain to you how that works. It's kind of like a program that you put on your computer. It's like a shortcut on your desktop. That's why scent is, is, is so important. And then sound, because they get processed in more direct ways, whereas emotions and, um, you know, um, you know, things you eat. Well, no, that goes to scent too. But other memories that we have are more complex. So this is why they're so easy to bury because they're not connected with things that will be prompted later. Uh, you know, savants that have full memories actually have um, incredible telomeres. I mean, I really wanted to do research on um, reinforcing telomeres with a friend of mine, Dimitri, who's a genius. Um, and, you know, maybe some point, if God uh, blesses me with those years, I'll get some funding because I've, I've already mathematically <laughs> mapped it out. It's all just testing it. But, um, from what I realized from genetic codes of the few savants, uh, you know, those people that remember every time place, like you could name a specific second in, in an hour of a year from 20 years ago when they recall a memory, uh, it's because they are able to access it in that form. So the way their DNA is transcribed for what they're allowed to write. So it's like their hard drive. Your hard drive is that DNA that you build. Uh, your programming, like your Windows software, is the stuff that keeps your cells going, just so you get it, if that makes sense. So technology has evolved to the point where people have been always trying to use the actual quantum computer that we have available. And, you know, 
one day I'll be ready to talk about that. Um, it's not something that I'm comfortable with. Because uh, even sometimes when I tell people what I can say about what I've done, it makes them uncomfortable. I mean, how is someone going to sit across from me when they know that I can totally tell when they're BSing? I can totally tell when they're not being sincere. Uh, you know, when, you know, the minute I've, I've come in contact with you within two seconds, I've already bought and sold you 20 times. I've already got a hundred different out, you know, timelines of how this conversation is going to go. Um, you know, and I'm not an intimidating person at all. I will. I, I don't think so. I mean, meeting me, I'm just a normal person. I'm just average. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not anything special. I'm just a U.S. citizen that loves her country. I'm just, I just happen to be really good at math. So, you know, there, one day, you know, when I'm comfortable, I can talk about that more. But this is where the technology is and has been. And this is where Epstein was the god of. And um, even though I didn't realize the connection between that technology and Epstein until later, uh, the only thing I did was follow whatever I could. And this is why I say I've got the most massive amount of information pertaining to Epstein that anyone's ever seen. Probably better than what maybe they, well, I doubt it. I doubt it. But that's overstatement right, right there. <laughs> But I guess it's because uh, my personal experiences aren't documented in regards to interactions or what I saw or what he said or what he did, right? From a distance, of course. So uh, that all that information, uh, you know, is, is massive uh, because the connections, it's like you're looking at the puzzle and s suddenly it's the, the whole thing is there. It's like you step back. It's kind of like those, um, you know, those uh, connect the dots. And if your face is like right over it, you're like, why am I? Okay, let me connect the dots, you know, one, two, three. But if you take, uh, you know, take a step back and go away from the table, you're like, oh man, that's the Easter bunny. <laughs> you know, That's what I was looking at. Gosh, darn it. Didn't see that. So this is how um, important technology is because they're not, it's not about automating things to that point. I've, I think I've said this before, so I'll tell this story again. And if I have, I'm sorry, I'm being redundant. But I was in Korea and I had the pleasure, and this is over a decade ago, okay, over a decade ago when we didn't have the phones we have now. We didn't even have iPhones then. Um, and... I went to something called the LG Life, uh, L, um, the Life is Good House, LG House. And I had the privilege of staying there overnight um, to kind of experience it. Uh, they taught me in the afternoon when I arrived that, um, you know, when I sleep or wake up, if I blink a certain way, it'll start coffee. If I, um, you know, almost even think about opening the window and it can tell from micro movements that the window shades will open. It was in a high rise. It was an amazing experience uh, only for automation. And then while I was there, not knowing that I would gain weight ever in my life, right? I pictured, <laughs> you know, well now back then I just thought, so what's the point? Are all of us just going to sit in a wheelchair forever and just conduct things like that? But it's like those Wally -E people, you know, the kids that are on the floating chairs and they're just like, they have no bones because they don't use them. That's, that's the first thing that came to mind. I was like, oh my gosh. So then what's the point of having a body? Let's just upload everyone. So that was an experience that was a terrifying, but exciting at the same time, kind of like a roller coaster. And, um, I was shocked to see how none of that was available to people 
uh, you know, out in the open. I used to have these um, phones. I forget the name of it. It starts as Zenin phone. I don't know. It looked like a... You know, I was one of the first that had it. I always had the first. Like, while everyone was sporting the Nokia 3110, I had, like, uh, a makeup compass that had numbers on it and was an actual phone. Because one thing that people that I have allowed into my inner circle know is that I love tech. And I love to play with new gadgets. And, you know, that's my thing. And if you want something weird and techy, I definitely have either played with it, visited it, or bought it, you know, if I, if I needed it. That need has actually uh, decreased over the past two years, but that's the way I usually was. So um, after the short break, because I want to play the, these advertisements for my president, for my general, and for Laura Loomer, who deserves to be uh, in Congress, I'll see you all in a bit and we'll pick up on the new America thing. I just really wanted to address this technology because it's pretty important. And for all of you that are great, um, you know, spotters and, uh, you know, techie uh, analysts, I, I think we should take a look at that Obama video because um, the sound seemed the to be... The forgotten men and women of our country will be... The sound seemed to be over the real sound, so I'm going to start that out again. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. 
I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. And welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. And for that reason, we need more people like Laura Loomer in the House. Make sure uh, you donate uh, to lauraloomerforcongress.com. Now, um, before we talk about New America, I just want to stick a little bit on this um, you know, technology. I want you to know that they're not after the president. They're after you. Look at the information that they're requesting. They're requesting your genetics. They're not requesting anything else but your genetics. I mean, mine has been on file for like forever and a day, but you have to think they want your genetics and why do they want your genetics? What do they get with your genetics? Why do they need your genetics is the question that you should be asking yourself because it is massive amounts of information. And the only way to create anything is with the human element. And they're learning that slowly. I mean, they've, they're able to create robots that can take direction and conduct surgeries on their own. They can create self-propelling cars. They can, uh, you know, fly planes with no human in it. But the one thing they can't do is translate language, machine language. Why? Because the human element is important. You cannot mimic that. And a machine can never really replace a human, but their strategy was to see how they can hijack your reality for first, because once your reality is hijacked, they understand how your biology, how your software works. So they know how your response is. They just don't know how to change the actual coding inside you, or maybe they did it and didn't know yet. But that is what they've been striving to do. And you know how most of this programming is done through uh, stimulating your senses, uh, specifically in the case of music. Now, one artist that has been one of the biggest recluses and nobody can say anything, just live stream music. One of my favorite artists, uh, most favorite artists, because music gives you... Um, another sense of understanding. It is a mathematical language too. And even plants respond to it on a cellular level. Remember what we said about sound waves carrying energy and that experiment that I put out on Subscribestar. Um, that is how this works. So I wanted to share this with you guys as we listen it, to it together because uh, I haven't heard it. Let's just pretend that we are in your living room and I am just going to play the piano for you, all of you around the world at the same time. It's pretty amazing, huh? <laughs> Social media and all. I don't even know what I'm going to play.
I'm not going to play the whole nine minutes because we want to talk about the new America. Maybe I'll leave him in the background while he talks sometimes. But, um, see, music is a form of communication, right? Music makes me, it makes you move, right? Makes you feel things, make you understand things. This is all coded in your DNA because frequencies actually alter the shape of your DNA. I just want to b- give you the science behind the science of the technology that they have been trying to weaponize so you understand it because it's really hard and to, for someone to stomach. It's one thing seeing someone murder that you've been almost desensitized to with movies. It's one thing to talk about children being abused or experimented on or being mutated on. But when you understand the gravity of the experiments that they actually conduct, that should scare the living daylights out of you. And, you know, I've many, many times explained how I put myself in the position to understand how they create cross genetics. I can actually do it in a laboratory. Unlike many people that talk about it and philosophize it, I've actually taken the pipette I've actually put it under the scope. I've actually stripped the cell of the DNA that I can strip it and insert it other. I can actually physically do it. And the reason is, is to be able to understand something. You have to explain it to the basis. So hopefully this information in regards to how your DNA works, what they're not telling you, they're calling it junk DNA. When When have you ever seen nature create garbage? Like literally, oh, I'm going to create this whole thing of DNA and 80% of it is going to be garbage. Are you kidding? When has nature expended itself like that? There's always even the leaf that falls off the tree that goes to the ground is there to create nitrogen and to feed other organisms. It recycles. It reuses. So why would people believe all these papers that call it junk DNA? They're trying to convince you that your brain cells have memories stored in them? No, it's not like that. The library is a genetic one and you pull and you pull and you, uh, you know, (laughs) unzip the information as needed and you unzip it when you store it. I mean, hopefully that helped because I'm getting a lot of messages on that. And, um, you know, about this technology, that's exactly what Epstein was doing. He picked up where the government left off. So you understand he picked up where the government left off only because, you know, there was too much, too many people wanting to have, um, transparency. And so he had to move that off and move it along (laughs) so nobody can have it. And so it could be out of the eyes of the people. So now. Where are we at? What kind of America are we going to see on the other end? Everyone's waiting for their checks. Everyone's waiting, uh, you know, for help. Everyone is waiting for something. Well, the question is, what is that saying? What, it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, right? What are we doing? I mean, you know, I mean, I don't have a lot to, what can I do? I could do my part in what? Being patient, uh, analyzing, um, praying, right? Trying to be thrifty as I can. Um, what, are, what is the new America? 
How are we going to reopen the economy? Now we've seen that brick and mortar institutions for education are pretty much obsolete and they're a lot more effective, uh, you know, when they're on the internet because children are able to uh, conduct their schedules. I mean, they can adhere to a schedule, but they can uh, do it as they please. They can wake up late. Uh, they can come up, uh, you know, they can wake up really early. They can finish things, you know, how, um, how, how, how is that going to affect things? Delivery, people actually going into brick and mortar stores by themselves to go shopping. Will that be something of, uh, you know, what do they call, what do they call those? Um, um, gosh darn it. When you have a vintage, is that like a vintage thing we're going to be doing? Oh yeah, I'm going to the supermarket rather than have someone shop it for me. Things are going to change. A lot of things are going to change. We are, uh, we have just realized how it is to be away from people, right? And for those of you that are like me, you kind of like it. For those of you that are more uh, socially dependent, you know, to actually interact with human beings, um, you know, you, uh, you, you, you can't wait to get out and have a beer. Like you can't, I mean, I shouldn't say that I don't crave it. I'm like really excited that I'm going to be having guests today, uh, come over my place. But you know, it's like, come on, what is the new America going to be like? How are we going to function? How is everything going to open back up? Like, what does it mean by open back up? Like the restaurants are going to be allowed to have people in who's really going to go. And with what money are they going to go? How are they going to go and spend that money? And if the businesses have realized that if the employee stays at home and I pay them $20 to come here so they can do, you know, paperwork, right? I, I pay them $20 an hour to sit here and do paperwork. Well, if they're at home, I can pay them 15 and I don't have to pay accident insurance uh, for them traveling here or being in here. I don't have to pay this extra regulation for having them in here. The industries in general are going to shift. So we're going to see this change, this Yang change. Remember how I said Yang should have won. He, he was fixed in that reality and he's going to be popping back up. I hear that he may actually be assisting with the White House on something. I don't know. But um, what we need to uh, see is that these changes are going to it's, – it's a huge ripple effect throughout all the industries. And the confidence that people will have to actually leave their home. They're, they're, they're getting comfortable now. They're like, I could just deliver. I'll just door dash it. I don't need to go to the restaurant. I'm getting restaurant quality right at my door. Why would I even bother sitting down? I mean, you know, why not sit down? I get napkins and I don't have to wash dishes and, you know, but I don't have my TV and I'm not in pajamas. So, you know, you weigh it out. What is the tomorrow going to be? And that is what decisions that the president has to do. That is what the president has to decide into how the face of America will look, how it's going to go. So the that's the one thing. The next one is the voting by mail that we're constantly seeing them push. Now, here's my idea. And whoever wants to listen, listens. And I know that a few people listen. So here's the idea. If we're concerned about disease and social distancing, right? If we're concerned that this isn't over yet, and we're going to see a second wave because they're already telling us the people that were tested positive, you know, they didn't, now they're having another one, blah, 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 right? Okay. So they're scaring us. How does we do this? And I think we'll all be on board. How's we not have one day of elections, but stretch it over a few days. And in every county, names from A to E can turn up and vote. 
They will be checked in with identification, handed a disposable pen, disposable gloves, and a mask, and they will enter the sterile facility, where they will all have six feet apart, not just front and back, but sideways. I don't know if you guys saw that meme where they had like X's of where you need to stand and wait at the ATMs, and it, and someone <laughs> tweeted out, well, I hope the virus doesn't move sideways, but that's that's what we can do. We can beat them at their own game because you know what? In order for you to vote and come there and get your mask and get your gloves and your disposable pen, your name has to be A3, and you got to prove that you can vote. You got to prove to me that you are allowed to vote in these elections. That's how we make it happen. So this is how we can use this to our advantage. This is how we can enforce identification because we're going to say, well, we're going to need your identification. You're going to have to prove who you are. One, to see that you're allowed to vote and two, to see that your name is from A to E only. We don't want any Z's coming up saying, well, I don't want to be the last one voting. So it could be on a Monday and, you know, the Monday before the Tuesday of elections where A through C goes and then they compile those votes and they're reported live, right? And, you know, every day those are being done. Oh, then that is going to be so easy to audit too. Imagine that, right? It totally kills a hundred birds with one stone. Uh, we'll just spread the elections over over time and then the boom announcement and the celebration is done on election day because you know pandemic and all right <laughs> whatever uh pandemic and all so what we're going to do is we're going to keep everyone separate uh we're going to make sure that it's your turn to vote and that you're not jumping ahead of the line with identification and um yeah and we'll be able to audit it because the Vote. The votes will be in a little batch. I mean, you know, A to C, not a lot of people in every county, A to C, so could be 10 votes one day, right? If everyone's, you know, called, what is it, that town? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember. Almost everybody and their mother is named something. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even remember. There was this place that I, um, that I had passed by with and everyone almost had like the same last name. But yeah, so like A to C, maybe only three people in that county. There you go. Three ballots. We just reported. We're done. So <laughs> we can actually do that. I think that would be the best way for us to kind of move it along and beat them at their own game. No, we don't want mail-in ballots. We want to see the people. We want them to enjoy the experience of dropping the ballot. We want them to go out and we will do it in a safe manner. While you're in line, you'll get a disposable pen gloves, a mask, maybe a cookie for your weight, maybe a little bit of orange juice to boost your vitamin C, whatever it may be. And you'll stand in line all nice and courteous. And all the businesses, I mean, if they're not shut down, you know, will have to give employees from that name, you know, time to go. Because what if there's a lot of, you know, Apple Gates, you know, in, um, in one group, you know, Apple Gates. I like that ring, Apple Gates. So it would be interesting to see how they can mitigate that one. Well, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't get people crowded in rooms. We should have 10 people in every gymnasium. Okay, we're going to spread the elections out so they're safe, orderly, and, you know, we're going to have order. So if you're A to C, I want to see your ID. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I see your name is Cortez, um, but it says here that you're not an American national. I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to go home. This is how we fix things. This is how we put it out there. Huh. 
in the end, the only thing they want to do is steal the elections. The only thing they want to do is is put you in a box and have you in fear so they can tell you what needs to be done. You know, when we had swine flu, I didn't get any Obama dollars. I didn't get anyone trying to find out who I hung up with, uh, hang out with, uh, where I went, what restaurant I went to, where I pumped my gas, anything. Why are we doing it for this? Data, 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 data. They're on a crunch, guys. They're on a crunch. Because here's the thing. They don't have access to this information now. They are working blind now. Oh, GSG, well... That was taken down and put back up. <laughs> so you know what that means, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's all. This is why I couldn't talk about TAC. I couldn't talk about GSG fully without TAC. GSG was like my super employer. That, that was my super employer. They employed me. They sent me everywhere. <laughs> Want me to give you a little bit of tidbit? It's just an interesting tidbit. Fiserv. Do you know what they do? They create all the security for your banking apps. <laughs> Do you know when I met Fiserv, when they were out in Australia, New Zealand, uh, where I went out to Perth, <laughs> Perth. Oh my gosh. That's some underground stuff going on over there anyway. So I saw everything. Oh, and by the way, I was a supposedly an assistant to someone that was going somewhere. <laughs> You can imagine what kind of information was obtained there. These are the things, you know, that they have been doing and conducting for ages. Yet, you know, they have all the contracts with Wells Fargo and Bank of America. And every single bank is powered by Fiserv. Not to say that whatever they implemented back then may be indeed in operation now, but if they got one person in to be your tech guy out from New Zealand and Perth lying ready and waiting, how do you know they haven't done it in every single business? When I tell you this swamp is massive, this war is massive, you have no idea. They're in every facet of your life. And it only takes one of them, kind of like a virus. It only takes one to enter your intracellular fluids to, to cause a cascade. It only takes one person back in the days to be put in your company to be able to then recruit more of those persons, kind of like making viruses. You see the analogy here to expand, destroy and expand, destroy and expand. That is what they've been doing throughout every facet of our life, throughout every industry. I don't think that you know, the person that created Hershey's chocolate bar wanted to put, you know, was okay with like 1.4% of cockroach being in your food, according to the FDA. I'm just saying that's like a fun fact. But, uh, you know, they wanted to make chocolates. They didn't want to use harmful ingredients. They use sugar and cacao and cream, the best cream. But then they got someone in there who was like, well, you know, it's a lot better if you do it like this. You know, I mean, if you, if you repeat something often enough, you're going to believe it and you're going to follow it. You know, it's an echo chamber. And that is exactly what these reality hackers are. I want you to envision yourself sitting where you are right now, standing, whatever, and envision that the planet was encapsulated with like this invisible bubble, right? That invisible bubble has like these picture a big call center network of people just hacking your reality. 
controlling what you see, what advertisements you see, what you can uh, check, what you can search, what you can do. And do you know why you're still able to search things and why you're still able to see things? Because there's people like me who try to counter the reality hackers. I'm not saying that I'm going in there hacking them in that sense directly, but that's there's a different way that you can hack the reality hackers. You can force them into your box, just like President Trump did yesterday. And they were really, really, really upset. It was as if they were having, you know, temper tantrums, like the little kids in the store banging their feet, you know, on the floor. I want candy. That was CNN. That was NBC. That was all of them. All of them. They were freaking out, freaking out beyond belief, They had no idea what to do. They didn't know if they were coming or going. They were just in pure panic mode. Oh, and then they started trending Hatch Act. Oh, he was like doing a campaign ad. No, I did not know that visual aids were a violation of the Hatch Act. This is using your information to show the people what rubbish you have been giving them. In the meantime, they've gotten so upset that they are just fine and dandy on a global platform. Remember, because these these uh, coronavirus addresses are watched on a global platform. Literally have a meltdown and argue with the president of the United States. And he's so rightly told, you would be the last person I tell if I am going to put sanctions or do anything to China. Because first of all, she has no idea what's going on. She's just given talking points. All of them are. They all soundboard off the same paper. So I want to play um, this clip. Take a listen to this. Yeah, thinks this way and then writes it down so everybody can see it. These people are ruthless and demented. Radical environmentalists are actually celebrating the economic catastrophe. Why? Because a recession reduces emissions. That's right. 16 million Americans losing their job is good because of, of course, global warming. Okay, guys, were we not on this show like over three weeks ago where I told you this was going to happen? How they're going to say, now that you were at home, this was a good thing. Maybe we should all just stay indoors and never come out because the earth is breathing so much better. But then you have to wonder, why are they so concerned with the concentration of the atmosphere? I mean, we got to think genetics. Sky News economics editor Ed Conway writes, Don't take this the wrong way, but if you were young, hardline environmentalists looking for the ultimate weapon against climate change, you could hardly design anything better than the coronavirus. Unlike most other such diseases, it kills mostly the old who, let's face it, are more likely to be climate skeptics. Oh, so because they don't believe the rubbish because they've been through the whole panic in the 70s with the hairspray, we should just let them die. I mean, uh, you know, who cares? Let's just get the death panels because they're not listening to what we're selling and they're not buying it. So just get rid of them. It spares the young. Most of all, it stymies the forces that have been generating greenhouse gases for decades. And when the country is in a crisis, people's priorities surface. Our priorities should be saving lives and jobs. But the media's priority is nailing Trump. The president has been optimistic about hydroxychloroquine, an anti-malarial drug that doctors are using in emergency situations to treat patients with coronavirus. The media has been pessimistic. 
It's embarrassing that we have a president that's acting like a snake oil salesman trying to peddle his cure that is not proven. There's always something in it for this president when he wants to tout something. And so I, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with this newfound love of, uh, of, of hydroxychloroquine. This drug that he's talking about is going to kill people. The virus is killing people. Doctors are trying to save lives. Here's Dr. Marlo Hernandez, who practices in Florida, in his own words. Well, we've used it on uh, several hundred patients of ours, and so far, preliminary data, pretty good. We have lower hospitalizations and lower mortality. We have good science and a great safety profile, so why not use it? In fact, a Democrat politician was infected with the virus, heard about it from the president, asked her doctor about it, and he gave it to her. I didn't have the typical symptoms, so... You know, Dr. Arsawala did save my life, and I do credit, you know, the president to doing so um, and putting this out there because it wasn't accessible to me if it wasn't for that fact. Yes. Um, so she might have been dead if we didn't use medicine we already have. And who says we don't have the cures already? I mean, you know, that sucks, right? You're going to be like, what, we have the cures and we're not giving it? <laughs> because, again, it's not about... Someone's reality being shattered is a very big deal. This causes mental breakdowns. People will start freaking out. People will be jumping off of towers. People, people will be going insane. So keep that in mind whenever you ask for information that may indeed lead to more problems than it actually solves. Um, on that note, I want to wish everyone a great evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. And I can't wait to see what the president is going to say today. It'll be pretty interesting. God bless everyone. See you tomorrow. Same time, same place.